Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Razorback fans, and welcome to another fabulous episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. We just wanted to say thank you for downloading and listening to what myself, Ty Hudson, Jacob, and our producer, Porter, all have to say on all things Razorback Athletics. For those of you on iTunes or Spotify, wherever, however you're listening to our content, if you would please leave behind a written review and, I don't know, maybe give us some star power, that'd be excellent. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks again from your boys here at the HTP. Also, please don't hold what you hear on the podcast against us. We sometimes like to drink before we record. Okay. All right. Sometimes I like to drink before, during, and after we record. Go Hogs. Yo, what's going on, Arkansas Razorback fans, SEC fans everywhere? Welcome to episode 45 of the Hog Talk Podcast. I am your Friday host, Ty Hudson, along with me, our producer, the one, the only, Porter Hayes. How you doing, my man? Doing good tonight, man. Just uh, enjoying all this uh, planes, lane trains, and automobiles. <laughs> well put. Well put. Some uh, millennial listeners will have no idea what you're referencing there, but I like that little uh, John Candy action for you. Um, okay. Yeah, a lot to cover here. I So, truth time. I already had this show recorded. I was done by, I can't remember, like 1.30, 2 o'clock, somewhere in there. I had it done. And then we had some news that Kiffin, Lane Kiffin at FAU, we all know, well, for the two fans living under a rock listening to us, uh, Kiffin, the FAU coach, leading candidate for Arkansas for the head coaching job at Arkansas and at uh, Ole Miss, who has really stepped into the picture the last 48 hours, uh, canceled a dinner tonight that he was supposed to have. Um, and and uh, that's apparently a pretty big deal. And we know he's in the conference championship this weekend. A little bit of drama. So we we decided, you know what, we're going to postpone this thing until later tonight, and then it became way later. It's actually uh, nine five minutes after 9. So if we both sound a little tired, it's our fault, our bad. We're probably going to make some mistakes in this episode, but just bear with us. Um, we're, uh, we wanted to stay on top of this and wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything huge that happened and us miss it for the Friday show because, as you guys know, the show uh, pops up on Friday for you, 6 a.m. Friday morning. All right. Kiffin is believed to be the guy. Porter, I like right out the gate, I know like Leach was on everybody's short list. He was, he was in the mix. He got the contract extension until 2024. Now it sounds like it's all, all in on Kiffin. Do you believe, with all the smoke that you've heard, that we've heard here at the Hog Talk, do you believe he's going to be the next coach at Arkansas? Unless this is just a total job, like the uh, uh, the Samson, you know, mm. the, the Samson deal that went down with the basketball search. Unless it's yeah. a deal like that, then yeah, uh, there's just too much from the other side. It, you know, there's when the uh, Samson stuff was going on. There's a lot of Arkansas media 
talking about it and he, it's for sure it's a done deal but with this kiffin situation i mean it's it's florida writers are basically saying it's a done deal he's canceling you know we're not getting this information from our guys we're getting this information from their camps so i mean it it seems like there's a lot of smoke but yet it seems like there's fire underneath that smoke as well yeah, um, and, and I agree with I'll I'll agree with that. Musselman really wasn't anybody, or at least a big name on, or he didn't make anyone shortlist either that I remember. Anyone you know, local radio or you know the big writers around here, the big media people. Not to say that he wasn't mentioned. Yes, there were people who mentioned him. Um, I, I don't know that it was a complete left field hire. I've seen people argue that on on social media and in Discord and and our Discord on the Hog Talk podcast. I think. I, he was he was a name that was on some list. Okay, Kiffin has been on some list. He's on. He's definitely been on at least the top five, top ten list that I've seen. But I don't think anybody in the beginning of this. I think everyone was so hung up on Leach. I mean, you know, our Discord. It, it felt like ninety percent of our Discord was all on Leach, uh, and so here we are with with Kiffin. I think I I agree with you. There's so much smoke around this for this to not be true. Uh, for them to go out and hire, uh, I don't remember where I saw this at. Maybe this is some friends of mine. Some uh, someone had said, "What if they go after Gundy over at Oklahoma?" Maybe this whole time they're going after Oklahoma State's head coach. We know that he supposedly is butted heads with his AD, the guy that he was felt the most supported by at Oklahoma State. Uh, T Boone Pickens is dead and gone. Maybe you know, maybe that's what's happening. And I that would be to me a complete left field hire, but. Uh, I'm with you. I think that this is uh, there's just too much smoke, and where there's this much smoke, there tends to be fire. Um, I know this much. I I think, and I want and I want your opinion on Kiff, and I'll give you mine really quick. He's far better than anything I think Arkansas's had since maybe, definitely since Brett Bielema. I think he's. I'm not saying he's a Petrino kind of offensive mind, but he is definitely someone who runs a pretty exciting offense. Uh, he's proven that year after year. Let's say he is the guy, and we're going to just go with that. We're not going to go crazy with stats or anything, but it, Porter, if he is the guy, what should the expectations be year one for Arkansas? Man, I, you know what? There shouldn't be any expectations. I, mm. I, think, <clears throat> I think with the Moors – higher there was too much expectations i think that's what got him in a hole very quickly you know he made promises he he said we're going to be left lane we're going to do this we're going to i don't think we should expect anything other than progress let's see what he can do with these guys um if there is any kind of expectations win the game when you're non-conference games other than like your your notre dame but as of <laughs> Turning this program around year one or expecting this team to be a four-win team or a bowl team just because that name is there as your head coach, I don't. I think you have to just scrap it. You, you can't because if you expect much of him in year one and he doesn't produce, then here we go again, year two, with a lot of pressure when he's got to bring in his coordinators, bring in a staff, Bring in a defensive coordinator that that can call defensive plays and show us progress. Uh, be like a muscleman. Don't say nothing. 
but yet produce on the, on, on the court. You know, Musselman didn't come in and say he was going to do this, he was going to do that. He come in and said what he was, his philosophy and how he was going to coach, and he's proven it with, with his actions on the court and off the court. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, the crazy thing, too, is, is he quietly and kind of slowly, talking about Musselman, put together like a really good staff. Chris Crutchfield, Corey Williams, and Clay Moser. Like he brought these guys in and uh, looking looking back on it, like I can remember when each of them were announced, there you could find just articles, kind of like little pieces on all three of them, but it turns out they're all three just stellar hires. And, uh, and, and he was quiet about it. He didn't, like you said, he didn't come out and make any huge promises. He didn't come out and, and promise the world. And I don't know that Chad... I think Chad wanted to he, – he's, he's a car salesman. That's what he was. He wanted to sell the car lot without any cars on the lot. That's what he did. That's ultimately what got him fired, and I agree with that, uh, with, with, uh, with what you said in reference to him. Um, yeah, he was, he was weighing over his head. And oh, my I think gosh. He was just too prideful, and his ego was just too he, – he, it's like you're drowning, but you don't want to ask for help. I think that's what happened with him. If he mm. would have just said, look, I need help, I'm trying to do this. We're we're going to just hit the reset. But I mean, but he would never do that. He would never. He kept on just trying to. You, you've seen it with the quarterback changes. I mean, that just shows you if you're not confident in staying the course, and you're you're the head coach, and you're constantly switching out your captain. Okay, you go in. Okay, you go in. I mean, you're not seeing any stability there. So um, I think, and this is just speaking. If Lane Kiffin is the coach, I mean. I think he could bring that because, look, he does have a chip on his shoulder because of, of how things ended with, with Alabama. And to be honest, Alabama has not won a national championship since Lane Kiffin got fired. So, I mean, there's that there. You know, he, you know Saban's hired uh, a Sarkeesian, and, you know, Sarkeesian hasn't been able to deliver. I think he's made some questionable calls when it's really counted, like staying with the run game. So with Lane Kiffin, I think – he has that chip on his shoulder, and guess what his number one objective would be? I want to be at Alabama. Mm. You know that has to be there. Yeah, I, I think he brings the toughness. I, I was trying to do – someone had asked us in Discord uh, what we could expect if Kiffin's the coach, like what his offense would look like. And to be honest, it seems like it's kind of evolved over over his time since going even back to what he did in the NFL or, or as the head coach of, of the Vols or with USC and, and uh, then the OC at Alabama and now the head coach at FAU. It's evolved. Uh, he likes to – I saw a little bit of high-tempo, RPO, maybe something similar to what Chad Moore saw. Keep in mind, I, I – did not keep up with him at all other than when Arkansas played him when he was the OC at Bama and then what footage I could find today. I really have no idea what he would do here on offense. Um, but what little research I was able to do seems like he's, he kind of likes to do a little bit of everything. And, and it looks like too, and I was, I was reading some of the uh, comments below some of the videos and they said that he, he works with what he has really well. And he is an offensive mind. We've heard that before, and I know everyone's like, whoa, we heard that about Chad, and it didn't work out. But, I mean, look, there's there's a lot of offensive minds in, in college football, and some of them work, some of them don't. And it's all about whether or not they fit into where they are as a head coach. Chad was in over his head. The question is, would would do you feel like Lane would be in over his head here? Absolutely not. I don't think so. 
I don't think he'd be in over his head here. He's been a freaking head coach at, at, at an SEC school at USC in the NFL, although, yes, that didn't work out very well. That ended quite messy. Uh, he's been a head coach at a mid-major school, too. I, I don't think he'd be in over his head. Um, right now, I said I wouldn't get into stats. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I lied a little bit there. They're the number two overall offense. They have a top 50 passing game, I think. I had that pulled up here in front of me, and it's gone now. Uh, but he had he had a top fifty passing offense, and again, number two offense in his conference uh, with five thousand one hundred seventy four total yards, just behind Louisiana Tech, whose head coaches popped up here and there. But they averaged, uh, they actually had the most points per game in the con- in conference USA, and I think that's his second time to do that in three years. They averaged just north of thirty four points a game, uh, just right ahead of Louisiana Tech. Uh, there's just, there's not really a lot we can add to this conversation right now, other than what we kind of already mentioned about lane, whether or not we think he's going to be the guy. There's so much, there's so much smoke around him right now. Ole Miss has popped up their fans on Twitter. Porter, they really think they're going to get him. Like it is, it's Thursday night, nine o'clock, 15 after nine. And they, as of right now, their Twitter still believes they're gonna they're gonna wind up getting him. Uh, what do you think? What's gonna be the reaction from Arkansas fans if he does choose Ole Miss over Arkansas? I already know the answer. I just want our audience to hear it. Oh lordy, lord! <laughs> it would. Oh man, um, <laughs> we would need some hotty toddies because uh, it, it would be it would be insane because you know with especially with the top two candidates, you know, other than Norvell. Leach is signed and Campbell signed. So if if it's not Kiffin, unless you know Hunter Yurchek's got his guy that it's not even Kiffin and it's a, a good hire. I mean, they're going to feel like like Charlie Brown, you know, going to kick that football and then she just pulls it out from under. They're going to feel like they just totally whiffed and here we go again. Because why? Who would want to go to Oxford? You know, I mean, there's nothing there. I mean, you pass it on Interstate 20, just like a blimp. It's like going through Shreveport. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's just the most, and then you're dealing with Mississippi State. You you know, so it, it, he has a better chance of coming to Arkansas because, one, you're just here at Arkansas. That There's nothing else around you that you're having to deal with other than your school. And you're playing in the West. Out in Mississippi, you're having to deal with Memphis. You're having to deal with Mississippi State. You're having to deal with, you know, all these schools that surround you. So, uh, man, I just – if you're going to leave Florida, man, go to Fayetteville. Don't go to Oxford, Mississippi. I, I have I've actually driven through Mississippi. We went to uh, Destin, Florida. So we had to, we had to go east to Tennessee, uh, to Memphis, and then shoot south. If I remember right, maybe I remember. Yeah, how how how'd you like seventy eight? Yeah, that's a beautiful part of the country. Going straight down Mississippi though was the boringest. It, it all looked like swamp, and I know you're only getting point one percent of the state on that drive. I get it. It's you can't just you can't uh, judge a state on one highway, but it just uh, I don't know anyone that I've I've ever heard talk about Oxford or, or or any part of Mississippi they talk about it like it's just a giant swamp like there's just not a lot going on but you know what though people in Oxford probably say the same thing about Fayetteville about how 
you know, it's crappy. There's nothing to do here. Blah, blah, blah. Even though we've made the, who is it? U is it USA today or whose poll was that Arkansas or Favo continues to finish top three in most desired places to live or whatever. It's um, probably something like country living or something. They made like some that. short I list. I, yeah. I remember those uh, like two, two, three years in a row in Northwest Arkansas. We all know who's here. There's no secret. Northwest Arkansas has exactly. got the Walmarts and the JB hunts. They've got the money and the, and the, uh, you know, the amenities, the things that make living great are, are, can be found in Northwest Arkansas. Not to say that Oxford doesn't offer that somewhere. Uh, I know their campus is nice. The stadium, my dad's been to that stadium and my uncles have been, and all I've ever heard is that is a gorgeous stadium. But kind of everything around Oxford is just not, well, earmuffs, kiddos. It's a shithole, everything I've been told. I don't know. Uh, I know you could point to South Fayetteville and be like, yeah, but then you got South Fayetteville. When you go, when you just start heading towards Greenland on 71, things turn pretty south on that part of town. Yeah, They're but you wrong. know what? When you're coming up, when you're coming up 49 and you come over that hill out of Greenland oh, man. and you see that stadium mm -hmm. and the hill in Old Main, I mean, that's, it's beautiful. It is gorgeous. You know, it, the it, it is and the mm -hmm. mountains and everything. So, I mean, I agree. And here's the deal, you know, and, and this is kind of like, you know, Lane's ego, you know, he wants to be the man. <laughs> and if you come to Fayetteville and yeah. you become the head football coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks, you are going to be the man. And he's especially with his pedigree, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to, they're going to, and he's going to run with it. And, but then he's going to have to produce as well. But, you know, interesting, like you're talking about earlier about stats. I mean, here's another stat that people aren't going to realize is, you know, FAU led the nation in turnover margin. You know, they had a plus 19 turnover margin ahead of Alabama. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, and Clemson. So, I mean, yeah. that is another plus that we have to look at. You know, who is he going to bring? I think that is going to be the biggest question with any coach. Who's their coordinator going to be? Yeah. Because we talked about with Barry Lunny when he coached, and I preached it. I said, it doesn't matter who you coach out there. You still got Chavis calling the defense. Mm. Very true. And something else about that, about the turnover margin, they were uh, 2018, I think they were the bottom of the country. And then 2019, they turned around and, and uh, bolted near the top. And he was asked about that quite a bit. That was one of the biggest turnarounds this year for them. But I was looking at their numbers. From 2017 on, they are constantly the top two offense in that conference every year. And his first year there, 2017, I'm looking right at it on, on, uh, on ESPN, on their numbers. Uh, they scored 568 total points. The next closest was North Texas. At four hundred and ninety-seven, um, that's Dang. forty. That's forty-one points a game. That's year one under Lane Kiffin. Look, I, I don't know that he's going to be able to. That, that that's going to translate here. I don't know that that's going to happen here. We know the defenses. I get it. I know everyone's going to say that. Yeah, but this is the SEC. Okay, but you've got a guy that is proven who who took over USC. And Jacob Jacob brought up a really good point about USC. He took over. When they got hit with the bowl ban and when they were when they had to give up scholarships. And then not only that, the transfer, they were hit really hard with the transfer portal. And he and Pete Carroll, the former USC coach who actually was the reason for a lot of the issues that happened, you know, the whole aftermath of USC kind of collapsing. Let's be honest, he was responsible for that. Um, or at least he was the head coach, anyways. But both he and uh Kiffin called it, you know, well, now we've got a free agency at USC. Come take whoever you want because they're gonna be ruled immediately eligible or immediately eligible. 
um, and that hit them. And they still, Kiffin still finished with nearly 20 wins in a top three, top four offense in those years in the pack. Um, that's pretty outstanding. Now, yeah, they they eventually kind of, I mean, what happens when when you lose players due to the, you know, the transfers, these kids being made eligible everywhere else because of what happened at USC. So of course what happens because of those guys leaving, you're, you're going to get thinned out, but, uh, Ed Ordron takes over and, uh, they actually go, they finish that year, uh, his final year there at six and two, whereas Kiffin started out like three and two or something. I think they lost to Arizona's who Jacob said, and uh, he got, he was, uh, he was fired, but I, I'm not, look, I don't want people to think that we're all like 100% all in on Lane Kiffin. I'm still skeptical. I don't know what it, I've said this a thousand times. I have no idea who's going to work here because of the hole that this program has dug. It is so deep with, with going back to John L Brett Bielema and Chad Morris. It's going to be tough. And I'm with you. You got to give him a pass. year one. I think like we did with Chad, and then year two, the expectations for Chad were to just win, you know, to get four or five wins. I think had he gotten four or five wins, he'd still be here. And I, and I think that's why it's the perfect time for Lane Kiffin or any coach to take this job. My God, the, the bar is set so low at the university right now. You're not going to be on the hot seat year two if you have a bad year one. You're not. Now, if you have a similar body of work to like what, what Chad had, then okay, that's a different story. But I, I don't see Chad doing that. I just, or excuse me, I don't see Lane doing that. I don't see Lane coming in here with his experience of being a Power Five coach, an offensive coordinator to, at a big time school, and then turning around and get, getting yet another shot as a as a head coach at a program, although it wasn't Power Five. I think it just kind of speaks for itself. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be okay. I, I don't know what you know, and that was the other question someone asked in our Discord. What are the expectations year one? And you kind of already touched on that. Um. I, I don't know, and I, I don't know what it's going to take to win here either. And we, I don't know how many times we could say that, but I, I really don't know what it's going to take to win here. Um, I guess the last thing we can we can add to this whole thing with uh, with Kiffin Porter. When do you think he announces if this wherever he goes, whether he stays at FAU or chooses Ole Miss over Arkansas? When do you think this thing goes down? Do you think it happens after? The championship game. What are your thoughts, man? I, I would do just a formal Sunday Monday deal. You know that they make an announcement that he is the coach, and then on Monday they have the press conference um, because you don't want to have the press conference. Say he comes to Arkansas. You know you got to think that you know. You, Sunday's the big. Where's everybody going to go to the bowl games? Who's going to be the final four in all the all the attention is going to be on that, the bowl games and the final, the, the college football playoffs and stuff like that. Then you do it on Monday. So, I mean, you, you're going to if, – if they got everything tied down, the, you know, everything with the contract, I mean, we've got to think about that too, you know, with, because, I mean, there was a rumor or whatever going around about, you know, a, a $2 million loan in the contract to get a house, you know. So, yeah. I mean, we got to think where are they at on the logistics of a contract – before we so I mean it might be Monday Tuesday but I think if they for sure got come to agreement that he is the man whether it's Ole Miss or Arkansas I think you're going to announce on Sunday 
and then introduce him the next day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm there. I think I think it's happening <clears throat> Sunday. It, whatever he chooses to do, if it's Ole Miss or Arkansas, and I'm, I think it ends up being Arkansas. There's just too much. There's way too much smoke around this for this for him to go anywhere else. But um, yeah, I think I think you'll hear something Sunday, and then maybe we get a formal. Now it, it's possible we get the formal announcement and everything on Sunday, and then Monday they do whatever and, and they meet with the team and everything. But uh, who knows how this all plays out it's it is going to be a fascinating weekend because you've got this the the lane kiffin drama or the coaching head coaching search drama and by the way if they don't get their guy this weekend you're running out of time i i do not believe in you've got to be patient and wait for your guy Uh uh-uh not with this early signing period no you've got to get someone in here asap i don't think you can afford to be patient. Remember, there's still some other schools out there too that are looking to poach a head coach. You, well, that that rhymes there. I'm a poet and I did not know <laughs> it. Uh, but they're looking to poach, and Arkansas needs to get their guy here and uh, get them get them on board asap. Some tweets. yeah, because I mean, you got to think Florida State's looking for a coach, and I'll tell you what, you you give them some time to gather some mm-hmm. some some change up and and throw some money at him. He ain't got to, you know, he's not going to be going too far from. Boca Raton, you know, yeah, be going right up the road, and that is and that is, is more of a lucrative job. I mean, if if you're uh-huh. if you're wanting me to be honest about like lucrative jobs, and and Missouri's looking for a coach. Yeah, I there was a name that had come up for them, and uh, it was uh, Blake Anderson at Arkansas State. Supposedly yeah. is on their short mm-hmm. list, and there was somebody else I cannot remember for the life of me. Um. But is Blake? That'd be a good hire for them. I, I'd like for the. I'd, for, I'd love for him to go to Missouri. Now, don't get me wrong; it's not going to do anything to, to, to make this rivalry real. If there's anyone out there who thinks that, it's not going to happen because they hired Arkansas State's coach. But uh, I'd, I'd like to see that. But yeah, you've got. And did what happened with USC? Now, did they end up not firing? Their head no, coach? they didn't. They kept him. They, uh, they decided to keep. And it was weird because they were like. I was listening to the the Will Kane show and he was talking about we'll know within the hour on if we're going to keep him or not. And they're like, you need another hour to decide whether yeah. you, I mean, it, it was just for that type. And I honestly, you know what? It, it could be, okay, they're trying to feel who can they get to replace that him as, as their coach. Yeah. So that could be another plus of when it comes to like a, a name like Lane Kiffin. If they're putting their fillers out there and their top guys are like, well, we're not going to come there. Well, they're going to stick with him because they're not, they're going to downgrade instead of, you know, upgrade. Yeah. Um, I, again, I just, I, you got to get your, you got to get that higher. Uh, some tweets, Barstool, Arkansas. Look, I know they're a parody site, but these guys are making this sound like it's official. Um, they say, and this was six hours ago today on Thursday, uh, December 5th. The dinner to introduce the new head coach to media and such is set for Monday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. The expectation is still Lane. I won't guarantee anything 100% until the contract is signed uh, Saturday evening. Now, supposedly, the coaches don't even sign the contract. They sign a um, – they were talking about it on Ruskin and Zach. They don't actually sign the contract until it's officially drawn up with more – with more contingencies or whatever, like months later. And I didn't know that. I heard them talking about that today on Ruskin and Zach. I thought they would just send over a contract, sign it. It'd already be written up, but apparently there's a lot of things that they got to cover. 
I mean, I guess that's kind of that kind of goes without saying, but there's a lot of stuff and it takes a long time to get that all put together. So I don't know that there's going to be any official signing by the head coach necessarily, uh, but at least I forgot what they called that. That's going to drive me crazy. Someone's going to hear this podcast and they're going to hit me up in the DMs and they're going to be like, this is what you meant. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, you're right. Why couldn't I think of that? Um, but anyways, I don't know that he's going to officially sign anything, but they, they say that's Barstool. Take it with a grain of salt. And then we were, we were commenting earlier, and Porter had mentioned the FAU media. Here's a guy. Jackson Freiberger really stirred the pot on uh, – I think this actually started Wednesday – um, but I'll read one of his tweets here. He says, uh, again, this is Jackson Freiberger at J-A-X Freiberger. Uh, another update for Hog fans, one of Arkansas's main backup options, Mike Leach has agreed to a one-year extension at, uh, at Washington State. So his, his, his existing extension was until 2023, so now it's 2024. He goes on to say here in his tweet, which means he is out, no kidding, Getting closer to Kiffin being official. Still expect any sort of official announcement to come after FAU's game. So, obviously, we're definitely not going to hear anything according to Jackson until after this game. That could be Saturday night, but more realistically, Sunday. Um, is that is there anything else you want to add on to that, Porter? I think I'm kind of tapped out on this. No, I, th- I think we've kind of, you know, talked as much as we can about it without, you know, basically saying he is going because we still don't know yet but yeah i no. think we've pretty much capped on 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 that <laughs> subject we we feel like he is there's so much smoke there you've got to believe he's the guy but at the same time the only person that knows anything at all in this entire state is the ad hunter you're a check okay basketball we go from the exciting coaching search to the exciting basketball team they are exciting there ain't no they got a dub. It was a little ugly at times, but they got their win, and uh, they improved to 8-0. They're going to go on the road, take on Western Kentucky, which you and I just found out they do play this thing at, in Bowling Green, Kentucky. That was as surprising to me as it was to you, I think, but they play at EA Diddle Arena <laughs> with uh, a <laughs> capacity of 7,523 Currently, according to ESPN Basketball Power Index, Western Kentucky is favored to win this thing fifty-six and a half percent. I this is going to be an intriguing game. I I, I said yesterday in the Pictorial Podcast, uh, well, when I recorded it, that I was not willing to pick a winner or a loser on on this one. But they, we know that Western Kentucky has a a, a big who is a possible first round NBA draft pick and Bassey. This guy averages. Um, I mean, he puts up some pretty good numbers. He averages nearly 10 rebounds a game, uh, 16 points, one assist, and he's shooting 52% from the floor. Pretty athletic. He can stretch the – well, he can't stretch the court, but he can move up and down the court pretty well. Pretty decent inside guy. A true big 6'11", 230 pounds. Sophomore out of Nigeria. He's going to be trouble. And he's not the only one. I listen to Musselman talking to the media. They, they've got some playmakers over at Western Kentucky. Porter? Arkansas wins this game, yes or no, and just tell me what your what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think they find a way to win it. I think they've shown with their defense that um, they could shut some teams down who r- rely on the uh, the three point shot, and and they've proven that they've they've been able to you know use their defense to 
squeak out some games. You know, this is not going to be one of those uh, Saturday morning noon tip-off games that they got to really try to, you know, get themselves to play up for. This is going to be a 6.30 tip-off. So, I mean, you know, you're going to be playing at Western Kentucky. You know, you're going to be playing against the – the home crowd, of course, but, you know, they are coming off a two-game skid against uh, number one-ranked Louisville, and then they just dropped their last one against Wright State. So, you know, they don't have that undefeated momentum coming into this big game against Arkansas that they're going to be really hyped for. So uh, I think they find a way to win. I think, you know, with the whole you – know, with with Mason Jones coming off that injury and Isaiah Joe, you know, I think he finds a way to find uh, his stroke and – I think it'd be a seven to seven to eight point game. Yeah, I'm I'm really concerned about. <laughs> they've got some talent around their uh, their potential first round draft pick, and it, it kind of concerns me. The good news here is they're not they're not super big and super physical. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch too much. Of, of, I only saw some highlights and clips here and there. Uh, make no mistake, that guy's special. Bassie is special, but they've got some playmakers around him. But they are, uh, I think, I think I'd seen they're one of the best shot blocking teams in the country. I think they're like top, top fifteen, top twenty shot blockers. They're they're really good at, at you know it's it's hard to drive the paint on these guys. Not that Arkansas is going to be doing much of that because that's not really their identity. They we all know they love to settle for those outside shots, but uh, if they don't. If, if they start off slow in this game, like they've done several times this year, and they get off to these 0 and 10, three point, you know, to, to start off 0 for, 0 for, for whatever, however, X amount of many shots at three point range, they're going to get into some trouble. Uh, so they're going to need wit. They're going to need that mid range jump, jumper. They're going to have to find a way to get their shooters open. Need as, don't need a whole lot of contested shots in this one. You know that's how Western Kentucky is going to draw this up. They're going to be in the face out in the perimeter of our shooters. Um, I, I, I'm, I hate to do it. I was wrong on the road against Georgia Tech. I picked Georgia Tech, and I was wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say Western Kentucky wins this game um, simply because of how dominant their big man is Bassey. We saw what he did last year against Gafford when he played. I mean, he destroyed Gafford. Let's not even act like that didn't happen. It did. Uh, he's special. He's a really good talent. I don't think he's having the kind of year they thought he would, but he's still grading out really high. Uh, NBC Sports has him as the number number 10 pick in the draft. And on top of that, they're surrounded with some really good players. They've got a couple good shooters outside. Um, I just think this is going to be their toughest test, even tougher than Georgia Tech. Uh, they're really well coached. Uh, Stansberry is their coach. We should all know who he is. He was at Mississippi State uh, for a long time, from 1998 to 2012, and then he was an assistant at A&M for a couple of years and found himself at Western Kentucky from from 2016 and obviously still there. Yeah, I'm going to take Western Kentucky in this one. It's hard. It's a coin flip. I think it could go either way. I'm with you, though. I think it's going to be a single-digit win. Whoever wins, it's going to be like a final possession kind of win. It's got that written all over it. Yeah, and this will definitely, you know, this will definitely show us, and I think it'll prove to us how well, you know, Musselman actually prepares his team for a, a game. Yeah. You know, like we mentioned the last time we were on, how one game they've already got the notes on the next team. So, you know, you're talking about that big man. So, there, I think he's already got it. This is how we're going to attack it. And you look at the Georgia Tech game. 
they had a guy that was averaging 20 points a game. They they ended up getting it, getting him in foul trouble, and it, and it won the game. I mean, lucky shot, but yet you took their best scorer out of the game. So we'll see what he's got up up his sleeve on the preparedness and the coaching. He has a really, really good staff. So, um, you know, they're going to lose, and they could possibly lose this game. You know, if we're, we're talking about a six, seven-point game, I mean, it could be – it could go either way. So – this is gonna. This is not gonna be a, you know, a, a guaranteed win. But this is this gonna be their toughest test because Western Kentucky is always that mid-major that always kind of like old Wichita State that does really good in their league. And so we'll, we'll see what this what this team has. The last time I think they played a big of this caliber this year was uh, Banks over at Georgia Tech, and he scored twenty points. He had a double double, twenty points. Uh, and 14 rebounds. <laughs> good grief. That's that's uh, pretty good. So um, I don't know. And, and the only reason why I bring that up is because Musselman had talked about it a little bit, said that him and Banks are kind of comparable and thought that ba- from what I gather, I think ba- ba- Basie, Bassie, however you pronounce his last name, I think he's actually better than Banks. That's what's crazy. But Georgia Tech, I feel like, was a little bit bigger. So you're right. Uh, the one thing that, that Musselman does really well is he – Man, he does his homework. My gosh. And that's the only reason why it's so tough for me, you know, because I know how good of a coach he is. And he has his guys prepared. I mean, this team is capable. With great defense comes great possibility. And that's what this team is. That's their identity. Their offense is, let's just be real, It's it sucks. Their offense is just not there. Shots don't land. They're in big trouble. Um, and that's what's going to hurt them in conference play. We've talked about that a million times. Everybody talks about that, their size and their inability to get anything going on offense. But Musselman is that X factor. He is just hes so damn good at getting his guys prepared, coaching them up and doing the homework. And, and yeah, they already had Georgia Tech tape up as soon as they got done with that South Dakota game. They had Georgia Tech film up. And I think the same thing could be said. Uh, they've done their homework. So anything is possible. Again, this game is played – uh, I don't have that in front of me. Is that Saturday when that goes down? Yeah. Yeah, Saturday night, 6.30 tip-off. 6.30 tip-off. There it is. So, yeah, uh, Porter's taking Arkansas. I'm taking Western Kentucky. I'm probably wrong. Let's be real. I don't know that I've – I was so wrong on the spread this year in football, and I've been probably wrong with the Georgia Tech game. So, definitely take what I say with a grain of salt there. So, I think I think that's going to do it for Episode 45. Porter, if you've got anything else – oh, we did have we did have someone that wanted to ask a question in Discord really quick. I wanted to pull that up. Um, if not, I had it pulled up here. If they whiff on Lane Kiffin, who's next? And that's from Ronnie on Discord. What do you think, Porter? Drawing board. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean – if unless Norvell's still interested, I mean, I guess that would be the the next guy you try to go after. But if if I mean, this all has to do with Campbell and Leach, you know. I mean, mm. who, who who do they go after? I mean, I, but I don't know. I think if I guess I've put in a lot of faith in what Hunter Yurchek can do. So I think if I think he's already got a plan B that we don't even know about, mm. you know. So if it's not. Lane, I mean, I think he's pretty much – he's got an idea who he's going to go after. But, yeah, it, it's almost like a drawing board situation with, with this much smoke surrounding the, the Kiffin hire. Yeah, I agree with you. There's, it's probably 
there's probably another there's probably someone else out there in left field and maybe that's where that left field hire comes from if lane kiffin does pass on the job and then there was one other discord question from texas hog um talking about arkansas basketball he says uh where arkansas well okay i'm having a hard time reading his discord question here arkansas basketball where would they be at the end of the season in sec play can they keep up with i think he's been drinking um (laughs) I can't read this Discord. Guys, when you ask us questions, put down the beer. Goodness. Uh, can they keep up with great with great defense? Um, <laughs> so let me rephrase that one more time. Uh, where are Arkansas be at the end of SEC play? Can, and can they keep up with great defense? Porter, I'll let you go first on that one. I'm, I'm going to go with, you know, what kind of same way I, I said at the beginning. You know, they'll go 500, I believe. But – I mean, you're not going to you, – you, you can't sit here and say they're going to have the same kind of defensive success against teams like Georgia and, you know, Auburn and Tennessee that you're playing against teams like North Texas and Austin P. I I mean, you just – you're going to have bigs. I mean, now, if you want to go three-point percentage, they might be able to do that. But, I mean, there's, there's some teams with some big guys, you know, four, six, eight guys and then a seven-footer. So – I mean, it would be absurd of me to sit here and say that they're going to have the same success in SEC play as they're doing right now until I've seen it with them going on the road to win a couple of games for me to sit here and say they will. Yeah, I'm, I agree. It's it's tough. It's too tough to, to, to call right now. I'm, I agree. I think they could do 500. Uh, they've, there's some tough, tough games on the road at LSU. I know Mississippi – hasn't gotten off Ole Miss hasn't gotten off that great start but you've got them on the road and then uh you've got Vanderbilt and Kentucky back to I mean my goodness the SEC's actually got some talent outside outside of Alabama and A&M which are awful and then maybe Missouri but then everyone else has either got two or three losses or one loss and then Arkansas and Auburn who are still undefeated um I just it's just too tough to say as far as their defense can they can they keep up with great defense well yeah I I think so um, I don't see why not. I, like like Porter said, it's going to get tougher because now you're going to go up against some size. You're going to go up against teams who have, uh, let's be honest, probably as good, if not better, coaching. No, let's just say it. It's going to be the best coaching they've they've seen all year in SEC play because that's that's been the difference maker in SEC basketball. Has been the higher quality of coaches hired into the league. So you're going to see your the best coaching you've seen. And then you're going to see size with the best talent that you've seen. So I, I think they can keep up the defensive effort. The the it's just a it's a matter of will these guys if they do fall on their faces for the first time this year, and it happens to happen in conference play, do they rebound? How do they rebound from a loss? We don't know yet because they haven't lost a game. So a lot of variables to that question. It's a good question. I wish you were a little more sober, Tex Hog, for asking <laughs> for asking that question. I thought I wish you were a little bit more sober. I didn't proofread it before I decided to to uh, to read it here on while we were recording. But anyways, good questions all around. Thank you guys so much. That's gonna do it for episode forty five. Of course, I'm Ty Hudson Porter. If you've got anything else to add, oh man, just shout out to all our fans and, and enjoying this crazy time of the the plane tracking and the coach searching and. <laughs> We'll be with y'all on on Monday. Mm, Exciting times. 
going to be, uh, like I said earlier, it's going to be an absolutely crazy weekend. Okay, that's it. Episode 45, Hog Talk. Ty Hudson, Porter Hayes, signing off. Woo pig suey. Woo pig. Woo pigs. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I have to keep my voice low. I don't want to wake up the house. Go Hawks. We'll end with that. There we go. Let me tell you how the odds going to stack up. Y'all go hard. I go smart. How's I working out for y'all in the back? I've seen that frustration. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.